Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft, and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line, streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the venerable TheOutdoorLine.com with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Joey Pyburn. Good morning. And making his return, his illustrious return to the studio, Rob Ensley. Morning, guys. How you doing? You good s- to have you back. You smell of caribou this morning. What's... What's your deal? Uh, a little musky this morning. Is that what you're smelling? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I've been rolling in it for Tars- sure. Tarsal glands. Basking in the Tarsal. glory of that beautiful caribou we uh, pulled out of Alaska. So uh, you made it up to Harbor Marine, or excuse me, Bayside Marine this week. And, uh, and of course, we got the we got Salmon for Soldiers launched. All was just one of my favorite parts of the summer, dude. Randy Shelton, Penny Shelton, all the, all the volunteers, everything got they that They put on a good ground. show, man. They did. And so, yep. and, and one of the things that I'll... My enduring impression of that event is, you know, we've been hanging around our friend, you know, Mike Pitson, who's a, a vet and, and just a great guy. And and it's just, you know, it's Mike, you know, we're just, you know, talking about this, talking about that. At one point in the day, Robbo sat down and started talking to Mike about some of the stuff he did in, in service and how many times that, you know. We got he, a chance to sit down in the cabin of your and, boat there and start talking a little bit. And, and, and like, hey, man, what what happened over there, you know, and and. It just makes your hair stand on end, and it's it's always yeah. it's always a yeah. question when you talk to these vets that uh, you know I, I I'm hesitant to ask, but but those are the things you need to hear, and then mm-hmm. and then after the deal, you know, Randy had things pared down. Joey and I are running out, you know, to uh, kind of you know out of there, and there's a couple guys in wheelchairs who helped me into a van. And one of them ended up to be Hack Albertson, who's one of the the head guys for the Disabled Vets of America, and 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 just they came from Washington D.C. They're kind of a big vet lobbying group and, and just really cool guys and just, you know, all the stuff that challenges them being, uh, you know, being uh, paraplegic. It's, it's just, dude, it's a great event. And, and, yeah, and great to the, event. To, what, to six, 700 people? Yeah, to the 100 boaters, again, yeah. that volunteered your time. Yeah, thank you we so will, much. We will forever be grateful. So, all right, that's that's Great it. event. Great yeah. weather. Fishing was dude, fantastic. It's still good on it Puget Sound. Really and that's good. kind of the big news right now is the silver run just keeps on coming, man. And they're stacked up all the way out to CQ right now. Uh, you know, PA is just on fire. We've been looking at the counts here this morning. Uh, you know, from the fish counters all up and down, all the fish checkers all up and down the sound, and they're all just rock solid all the way down to Point Defiance. Uh, talked to Bubba, you know, Bobby Cannon from SMI Bomac a couple days ago, and he said, yeah, yeah, we're still hooking fish like crazy down the south sound. They get a little a little wonky the further down you go. You got you to gotta troll through a lot of coho down the south sound to get a few to bite. But you got to pull out all the tricks. They're they hooking start to get a little... A little lock jaw. And the know. numbers are solid from Point Defiance Boathouse and the boat ramp down there. The numbers are really solid. They had a 15-pounder, you know, big hook nose down there a couple days ago, uh, Bob and a buddy down there. So uh, it's pretty solid, man, and that's kind of what's going on. And, and, of course, this weekend is the Ever Coho Derby. We've got Lauren Bivens jumping on from Harbor Marine here in just a little bit, 625. Uh, they've still got some tickets on sale there at Harbor Marine till 8 o'clock this morning. You can still get a ticket. Um, if not, swing by the beer garden, you know, uh, Saturday, Sunday, the money from the beer garden, 
also goes to, to help Sam for soldiers. So big hats uh, off big to, contributors. Hats there. off to Coors Brewing Company for donating all that brew to to, to raise some money for Sam for yeah. soldiers. No question about it. So meanwhile, Joey and I got to spend a few days on Puget Sound, and the only thing the only thing consistent about the coho bite out there is the fact that you got to change your game plan every day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you kind of got to be ready to do whatever, man. Yeah. It's you know some guys are catching the heck out of them on coho killers. Yep. And they're put now. It defeats the purpose of the coho killer. They're putting a squid, a little mini pink squid, on there, and it deadens the action. Well, it does, but then they're running them twenty two inches behind the flasher. It's Mm -hmm. whipping around. It's got a bunch of flash, and it's got that squid Um, bait. We we caught most of our fish yesterday on cut plugs on the surface. I I couldn't get bit on my downrigger. It was so frustrating, Rob. Yeah. I'm sitting there looking yeah. over the corner of the eye because Joey's corner of the boat, man. He's got his Raymarine. He's got his Cannon downrigger, and he just destroys on that side of the boat. Couldn't and, and buy a bite. Couldn't get bit on the now I'm in the cab. I'm digging through boxes of tackle. I'm looking for anything to inspire I'm me. Telling I'm telling like, you, man, the old standby dude. is that cut plug yes. on a kidney sinker. Yeah. Some friends went out of Edmonds yes. a couple days ago, and they were done quick. Just trolling green labels on a four-ounce kidney sinker, chartreuse kidney yep. sinker, and, you know, fast, slow, whatever. You're going to blow those things out if you go too you fast, but you don't really need to do much. No. I mean, put them out 50 feet behind the boat and drag them around, especially along the rips. Those coho will get up in those rips, and, and uh, there's a lot of feed in there, yep. a lot of stuff the herring are feeding on, and, and you'll well, get them. You'll get I, some bites. And I started seeing the writing on the wall earlier in the week when, when we had, you know, a shotgun rod out the back with an eight-ouncer and a coho, and we got two downriggers down, and half the bites came on that middle. Mm-hmm. And, and so we had enough folks on board yesterday where we could run two shotgun rods, and the shotgun rods. I love it. Nelly runs an destroyed. eight ounce sinker on the on the deal. He just we just can't break we're, you. No, we're down. No. We're downrigger fishermen. Obviously, you might as well just put it on the downrigger. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. We're down to buoy ten, and we're like. Hmm, do they make a 30-ounce <laughs> cannonball? I'm I mean, yeah. you guys. Oh, I did 24. Oh. It was not a problem. I, <laughs> seriously. And and so so then uh, we, um, we we after the dog derby this summer, we we became pretty good friends with with Cameron Foster, who's an agent for the Steinberg Agency represents a lot of a lot of athletes and he helped us kind of well, he drove he was a driving force behind the behind the, the dog, dog derby. Dog and, derby. Yep. and so he calls up, you know, last week says, "Listen, uh, the Atlanta Falcons are playing the Rams, and they're going to come to Seattle and 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 play here as well. He says, "Listen, one of my clients, Caleb McGarry, is from here, wants to come fishing. Could you guys possibly do it?" And I go, "Yeah, sure, we'll take him." Well, can you take the whole offensive line? <laughs> and I'm going, "We'll yeah, give it a yeah, shot. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it." And then he calls back, laughing at us, and "Okay, can you take?" Some of the coaching staff and three three more O linemen too. So we got you know we got the entire O line of of Atlanta out on the boat, dude. Great bunch of guys. I, guys. I had not met Caleb before. Uh, local kid, um, uh, uh, Coach Peterson era tackle for University of Washington. And just outdoorsman, one, uh, totally, yeah, totally. Shows I knew the, he was an outdoorsman when he showed up with a knife <laughs> on his belt and, his, and, and, and hun- Danner hunting boots. Yeah, yeah dude. They were size. No, says, they're I, like they, size eighteen. I could. Monster. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. Dude, I could get, I could just get in those boots. Yeah, like a like a pair of waders. Yeah, yeah. Huge. Like no no water ski. Well, he's going to jump on. Actually, uh, Caleb's going to jump on seven twenty five here with us. Uh, talk about well, we've got a big game coming up tomorrow against oh, yeah. the Seahawks. We're going to try to maybe steer them away, maybe a few <laughs> offsides penalties. Can you help us out a little bit here? Come on, you know, I, give us the hometown this, discount here. But this, uh, this is this is one of the few uh, few Seahawk games. I'm a little bit torn, right? 
Because after meeting those guys, he brought Jake Matthews and Elijah Wilkinson, Drew Dahlman, Chris Lindstrom, and and of course then Caleb McGarry is, is, is a right you're tackle. you're selling out just like that. You're selling no, out. I'll, be, I'll be wearing my That's Atlanta Falcons jersey yeah, tomorrow. Guys, well, get out of here, here man. Well, here's, here's the deal, dude. The, the Seahawks need a draft pick, right? <laughs> they, need, they need, yeah, this isn't going to, the Seahawks, I don't think, are going to go very far this year. So so I'm a little bit torn. So it's going to be fun to watch those Caleb's guys after meeting Jumping them. out of 725. Yeah. Apparently, you guys didn't do anything to convince him to, you know, you know throw no, the dude. game or anything tomorrow. But uh, I think 7 o'clock, Scott Haugen's going to jump on. Uh, it's hunting season, folks. Yeah, right? We've got a, the sure. youth duck hunt this morning. Uh, kids are hitting the field here at 625 shooting hours. Actually, they're in the field right now. 625. They're lined up and, and waiting. Yeah, yeah on the shooting hours. Line. And we've yeah. heard reports of pretty good bird reports. You know, Joe, uh, yeah, one of our friends. There's was out been in the, a bunch of birds around. In the North Sound, piles of ducks up there and, and some stuff showing up. Local birds on the east side, too. One of the driest summers we've had in decades. Uh, but the birds are here, at least where there's water, like potholes, some of those areas, there's there's some local birds. Skagit's got a bunch of local birds on it. So uh could be a good morning for the kids here at 625. And then, boy, we're, I mean, we just wrapped up the archery elk hunt. we got all kinds of stuff coming up here. Muzzleloader, got, you know, muzzleloaders hit the field here for elk. First through uh, the 7th. Yep. And then uh, here we come. I mean, the general opener's coming up here in October. So we're close. Yeah. Very yeah, close. Yeah, no so doubt Scott's going to jump on. Seven o'clock. Talk about blacktail hunting. Really, I mean, it's it. You know, we have a lot of blacktails on the west side of the mountains. They are very difficult to oh, hunt. I've hunted them most brutal. of my life. They are brutal to hunt. But there's some things you need to know to track down one of these suckers and, and put one on the freezer. Well, and, and Scott's it, a master. He, he's he's studied these animals. He's 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 actually he was a former educator, and so you know he's got a he's got a biological educational background. And just takes a scientific approach. He's written books. He's done shows on these things. If you are interested in in unlocking your backyard blacktail, then then this is a segment you want to hear right at zero seven hundred. So I tell you, what, we're we're, uh, we're welcoming aboard a new sponsor today, Cressy Door. So uh, if you're if you are you've had a raggedy garage door, you got some residential stuff, you got some commercial stuff. Go check them out. Everything you love should be behind a Cressy Door. Give us ninety seconds. We're going to be right back here in the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station seven ten, Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. Rob Ensley back in studio, Matt Nelson running the board. That's Joey Pyburn. I'm Tom Nelson. Thanks for tuning in this morning. Hit us up today, Reverse Chime Hotline, 866-979-3776. That is also the text toy powered by Yamaha. Outboards, 866-979-3776. $10,000 on the line, guys, today in the Everett Code Derby. $5,000 second prize. Uh, you'll see. You'll see Joey Pyburn on the podium tomorrow, giving away uh, giving away part of that uh, part of that prize yeah. package from, uh, sponsored by uh, Roy Robinson I'm in, RV. I'm actually going to be fishing the Derby. Yes. Also, what if I win? Well, Do that's- I, I- I just that's, that's a grab the big check. It's a conflict and run yeah, yeah. to my truck. So you grab the, the big check and you hand it right back. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> the big fake check. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Derby Day details. You know, you got to have you got to have your game plan tight on, on on Derby Day, and you've caught more coho this season than 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 we're going to see you know the rest of our lives, Robbo. And 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 they're they're just they're different critters in Chinook. Yeah, they're real fickle. They, they, I mean, as as aggressive as they can be when they hit the sound, they can also be just the opposite of that. And you just mentioned it, Joe, during the break. They can, they can kind of, 
ah, they just kind of nibble at your bait and kind of whack at it and kind of yeah, they kind of take a couple swipes follow, at it. And, follow, and I've got follow. underwater video of all this. Yeah. yeah. I've I mean I've filmed tons of these critters underwater up in Alaska and, and even here in the sound and, and they follow forever. And then they'll come up and they'll just kind of take a little swipe at your bait. If you're trolling bait, you gotta watch those rod tips because you you get one little You'll see it'll just kind of give a little pump fake a little bit, and then it'll come back up. That's a coho coming up and whacking your bait, and that bait's either half gone or it's flopping around down there. you got to bring it in and change the bait out. Uh, so just basically just paying attention is the main thing, uh, especially if you're trolling bait. If you're running hoochies, uh, spoons, all that stuff, you really don't need to do that. They're going to you know, they're gonna commit to it at some point anyways. But but that's, that's one end of the spectrum. The other one is just running hoochies, maybe with a strip, or spoons, and trolling really fast. Then it doesn't matter. They got to commit to it. Uh, they got to catch up to that sucker, and and that's probably I think the best piece of advice I got right now is to maybe troll a little faster because they're going to commit to it. They're going to hook themselves, and you're going to get them. And and maybe when they're not that aggressive, you know, they're not on the chew. You going faster may inspire the bite, right? And you know, they finally they're just they see this thing go whipping by, and they're mm-hmm. like, I got to go chase that. And then, like you said. That thing's whipping around so fast. They take a swipe. Maybe, maybe you hook a big fish. And and fast. I don't mean four miles an hour, but maybe two and a half to three. Yeah, or at maybe least. three and a half. Well, yeah, we were even doing over three. We were doing over three. And yeah. we were cranking with pretty good with the current yesterday. though too. But we had you, definitely good wire. Good you, wire angles. You can run a whole herring in a hood even up on a kinney sinker up yes. on the surface. I know a lot yeah. of guys are doing that, and, and that's a great still, way to run bait yep. and still be able to just because if you if you run really, a cut plug on the surface behind a kidney sinker, you got to slow down a little bit because you're going to blow that cut plug out. You know, now we've 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 talked about this before, but it absolutely bears repeating. Coho are surface oriented to a, a greater degree than any other species of salmon you're going to fish for. If you visualize the the cone of water that's pinged by your sonar, you don't have a boat length underneath your boat or boat width underneath your boat. You've got you've got a foot or two. You're not going to see these fish that are up higher in a water column. You're just not. And and sometimes you'll see marks deeper and you think, oh, all these fish are deeper, deeper, deeper. And that's kind of the trap we fell in in the early part of yesterday is we were chasing the fish that were marking, whereas the more surface-oriented ones were up higher in a water column and they're more active, to more more likely to bite. I'm like a cat with a ball of yarn. I yeah. got, I have to chase those marks mm-hmm. and those fish would yeah. not bite and it was it, driving me well, nuts. That's one but, of the but those fish on the surface, I think... You know, you think about what's happening. You're you're cruising along. You're creating a, a disturbance mm-hmm. on the surface. Mm-hmm. Some of those fish that are down 30, 40 feet, they go up to check out what's going on, and then there's that cut plug up there, and wham, they get it. There's no question in my mind that every time we, we, we'd run up the drift and, and start on, you know, and start a drag going with it, and the big wash of the boat, you turn around. In fact, we counted one down yesterday. Yeah. Where we're all right, here we go. There's a cut plug, they're gonna hit in ten seconds and it hit me. And we did. We got bit like right Every, at the start of our drag when we hmm. just getting stuff down, mm-hmm. one of those cut plug rods would get whacked. Or or now, Tom was, was Tom was catching he it, was hooking them at like thirty feet it, on the downrigger. It was a flat calm day. And that's what that's what the deal is, because that was the only surface disturbance in the whole sound. And as soon as you slow down your boat and turn around, there's that big wash of those twins and you drop right down. You drop the cut plugs. Cut plugs, the first thing that goes down and the last thing to come up. Right. And they will they will kind of uh, orient to that surface. Sure. We see it a lot in Alaska, you know, right when you pull in. Here they come. You can just see the school coming right up to the yeah. boat, you know. Just like, to check out what's going yeah. on. Like, what's going on up there, you know? They're down there feeding. There's a big ball of bait, and you pull in, and here they come. And they do a little bit of that in the sound, too. And the, and the, the other thing that happens is as these fish move in, 
from CQ and PA and up to the north, they stay on the surface. Those yeah. are fresh fish Good, coming in. And as sure. they settle in here, they go deeper, and that's when they get locked on. They'll just drive you crazy. But those fresh fish yeah. will, will surface-orient, and that's where you can get them on those cut plugs. Or if you want to troll gear, maybe if there's three of you on the boat, run two downriggers and chase them with those downriggers and then run a whole herring or a whole anchovy yeah. or something in a hood behind a kidney sinker up on the surface. And then you can kind of double dip. You, you have a chance at both those fish. If you're not running a shotgun rod, if you're not, if you're just running downriggers and you don't have a bait rod up on the surface with 45, 50 feet of line out, four ounce, six ounce, eight ounce sinker, you're missing the boat. I swear. You gotta have a bait back there. I, I we got think, more than half our strikes yesterday. Well, and I think over the, the season here, when we've been fishing for coho, the biggest fish that we've caught, there was a, you got a really good one on, on a squid or something, right. you know, on the downrigger. That was but a hooch. Some of the no, biggest, no, it was a bait. No, it was an some of the biggest yeah. fish we've caught have been on that that back rod with the cut plug. Yeah. And the biggest fish have been hatchery fish. They have. Every single one of the biggest fish this year have been hatchery fish. And so, which, and, and, and I tell you what, if you think you got a fish area 10 to, to, to win this derby, you do not. I, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be least bit surprised if somebody's off a, off a double bluff, somebody's off a, off a lagoon, somebody's off a bush point. You know, who knows? Even even mid-channel banks somewhere. If, if you're in the top end of nine, you're going to get those fresher fish that are more likely to bite. We're going to be right back here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Whereas Robbo will assert that I should be institutionalized, our next guest has been running an institution on the on the Everett waterfront for over four decades. Lauren Bivens of HarborMarine.net joining us this morning. Good morning, Mr. Bivens. How morning, are you, Lauren? Lauren? Well, good morning, guys. How are you? Well, we're, we're, we're wondering good. We're wondering what, how the ramp line looks on the way mm-hmm. to, on on Tenth Street there on the way down to the boat ramp. Are they are they backed up out to Marine View Drive? Well, it, it kind of looks like a little bit of a cruise. It's kind of low and slow as they, as they <laughs> get into the water. <laughs> yeah, there's a pretty good lineup here for sure. Well, yeah, that gives great. folks uh, time to swing into Harbor Marine there and pick up some supplies and some some tickets too. It sounds like you got tickets on sale till eight o'clock this morning. If folks need their uh, their derby tickets, what else is going on there, buddy? Well, absolutely. In fact, uh, your chances might be a little extra good. They're a little light on ticket sales this year, so you can. Still coming, and Dave Miller's here uh, selling tickets uh, for the Derby up until eight o'clock this morning. You're correct, and and um, so uh, we, as Tommy, you, we marked a lot of fish out there the other day. There's plenty of opportunity for people to go out and catch that big one for the uh, a nice prize on on Sunday. Don't yeah, you think? no question about it. And, and and Lauren, you got the toughest weather day of the of the entire week too. We got out on Thursday. I took the gang from from Harbor out there, and 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 we you know we got a couple fish, but. It's it, it was it was a tougher day. It was just blowing like you know what, and 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 so it it when that happens, it makes a more difficult difficult opportunity to read the water and just you know it wasn't the greatest bite in the world. But you still got some you still got some coho dinner on the on the table that night. Oh boy, and was that good? That that was unbelievably that fresh fish was amazing, and that that yeah low and slow again on on the cooking too that was uh, that was a good suggestion well, that's part. that's the Joey Pyburn protocol for the for the pellet grill that that thing that thing works outstanding oh. so so a, a couple things you know what we our our chances came on bait you sell bait there at Harbor Marine and and a, and a bunch of other gear so if you're if you're looking for any last minute things make sure you stop by Harbor but but Lauren I I pulled my boat out yesterday it's it's the end of the season for the Sea Beast 
And I, I just got a couple questions for you with regard to a long layover and the fuel that's in that tank. So if I've if I've got a half a tank of just fuel, how should I prepare that boat to sit for a couple months? Well, probably first of all, you should probably fill that tank up. You we want to, we don't want anything condensing inside there. And regardless of what you do, you need to put some fuel stabilizer in it. Gotcha. And so give us a brand name. Give us a recommendation. What and what's in that stuff? Okay. Well, I mean, there's all kinds of secret elixirs in there to just to make sure that stuff does not <laughs> absorb moisture. But, you know, we, we've got all the major brands here, you know, things like everybody knows like Stable, but uh, Sierra is a big brand that we push out here. They have lots of great products and, and uh, uh, maintenance parts and, and, you know, fogging oils and what have you. Uh, Startron by Starbright's another great uh, product line we have too. So, um, they all work great. Um, and so we, we have all those available for, uh, to, uh, to treat your fuel, which is very, very important at the end of the season. If that stuff sits over, again, we don't want to have uh, any moisture getting into your uh, motor here when you start her up next year. So guys should put some stable or something in their fuel tank and then probably also run their motors to get that fuel into the motors before it sits? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you, yeah, definitely. And so that is another part of the process. You know, just flushing your system out and everything. We've got other products like Saldaway. We have uh, some... Uh, antifreeze that uh, you can pump through your system so that if you do it is outside and it's not heated for any reason things don't freeze up and break so that's a real important thing to do and we have kits for that uh, you know, or flushers there's lots of different ways to get that stuff in in your motor but yeah very very important to uh, make sure you put that fuel stabilizer run it all the way through your motors get out there and make sure you're getting uh, all that uh, treated fuel into your engine. You mentioned that RV antifreeze. You want to run that through your, your your washdown system and keep it in there over the winter. I can't tell you how many pumps I've blown up over the wintertime. <laughs> Thinking it's empty and there's still just a little bit of water in there and it, it freezes up, blows the impeller, blows the whole thing apart. Now, wintertime is when you want to do all your electrical work on your boats. Uh, I, I know this firsthand. I rewired an entire boat last year with a good friend, and we had a heck of a time finding Blue Seas stuff. You have probably the biggest selection of Blue Seas uh, parts uh, for electrical, you know, marine electrical parts in, in the Northwest. How are you doing on that stuff, man? Has it been hard to find? Well, uh, yeah, some of the parts have been hard to find. I, I will say that uh, we're stocked pretty heavy on, on uh, most of it. Uh, you've if, if nobody has it, uh, we probably still do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we've probably got, uh, I don't know, the 60 or 80 feet of, of just Blue Seas products <laughs> mm-hmm. that, you know, are the highest quality for Blue Seas Pro Shop, for sure. Or maintain what you have. Yeah, well, so, you know, not everybody's done fishing. We still have quite a bit of fishing to do here. So... Uh, before everybody shuts it down and, and makes the rush for all that stuff, guys might want to think about popping in there if you're thinking about doing a project. Get in there now. Get ahead of the cr- the crowd, you know. Nelly jumped, jumped the shark and pulled his boat, boat out early. Um, so I'm a, spe- I'm a special case, though. Yeah. I, we, we, we started fairly early, but uh, no. You the, never quit. I don't. I, I really don't quit, but but that's that's the deal, too, Lauren. And, 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 and if there's one thing that you've taught me over the years – is is there's definitely a difference between marine grade electrical components for your boat and stuff that you're going to get in the in, in the auto auto parts store too. Same thing goes with batteries, Lauren. It, it, it's you have marine grade batteries, and they're just not the same acid lead acid junk you can buy at a, at auto parts store. So if you're putting if you're replacing or adding battery capacity, what are some of the battery technologies that guys should be considering? 
Well, AGM is probably the, the most prominent out there right now. You know, it's something you don't have to add water to and so on, and, and you're not getting those vapors that's adding to the corrosion just that we have an overall, you know, saltwater marine environment that we're dealing with. Uh, so th- that's a huge plus right there. So AGM technology is is probably the again uh, the the way to go right now. I mean, you can go into lithium style batteries, but that that's gets to some pretty technical high end stuff and, and is probably not for everybody. But it does happen too. My my issue with lead acid batteries in an aluminum boat is if that battery case ever cracks, it's going to eat a hole in the bottom of your boat. <laughs> that, well, I mean, just it's a plain and simple fact, you know, and so every battery on my boat's AGM, but you bring up a great point because just, you know, if, if you ever have to service a lead acid battery, you're, you're right that there, there, there's a corrosive gas that, that those batteries emit. That and the fact you add that to the existing salt fog that is in your bilges. And, and so I remember a couple of years ago, we did a seminar with one of the guys from the Blue Sea System and I, and, and, and. And I asked him, I go, right. why, why does this stuff go away so fast? He goes, look, knucklehead, you're out in Puget Sound. You're shaking that boat up. There's a salt fog. If you think that salt is just in the water, no, it's in the air. And that salty air gets on your electrical components, and there you go. you got the green monster that you got to fight every year. Right, the electrolytes. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, keeping all that stuff sealed and, and oiled up and using quality products is what keeps you on the water and running smoothly. I mean, you just want that dependability when you're out there. You'll be able to just concentrate on catching the fish, not yeah. where you think about is your boat going to make it back to shore or you not. You got that right. All right, you've been around this Everett Coho Derby for a long, long time. What do you, what's your What's your pick, man? What's the winning fish going to be today, buddy? Wow. Uh, the, the number that comes to my mind is 15.3. Ooh. Got it in Guild. No, no, no. No, no, no. no it, nope. Edmonds has got it in Guild. Oh, okay, this no, is this straight is, up. No, yeah. you stuffed kidney That's secret. about right. Yeah, yeah I think That's so, too. That's about right. Okay, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I thought it might take a 15, 16-pounder to win this. Did thing. you You even, what would you say, 15.8? 15.3. Right yeah. on the money. Okay, all right. All right, we'll put you We'll put you on the board. That's pretty solid, man. There, there's no prize, but you'll have our undying affection and respect if you hit the number right on the head. So. <laughs> Lauren Bevins, go check him out. HarborMarine.net, right on your way, no matter where you're going. Just uh, on the 10th Street boat ramp, selling Everett Coho Derby tickets for another hour and a half yet. Lauren, thanks for your time, and we'll see you later because I'm coming by to get Thank some you, stabilizer Lauren. for sure. Thanks, have man. Have a great weekend, thanks, buddy. Lauren. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate All right, it. Appreciate it, Lauren. Thank you so much. All right, coming up next. Raymarine Picks of the Week for the final weekend of September. How in the heck did that happen? It went quick. We're looking at October opportunities right here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Raymarine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Raymarine, simply superior. Whether your passion is freshwater, saltwater, offshore, or nearshore, Raymarine products are engineered to deliver the very best in visual navigation information. You need to understand what your sonar is showing you if you want to be effective. Go find out how at raymarine.com slash explore. Coho, 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 North Sound, all the way down into the South Sound. Yeah, it's polluted it, with Coho right yep. now. Um, I, you know, CQ is going to start falling off here pretty quick, but it's still going strong out there. You had some good reports from out there this week, Joe. PA is good, Port Angeles, all the way around the corner, man. You guys have been fishing, you know, out of the Everett area all week and doing really well. Area 10, right on the 910 line, has been solid. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, talked to Bubba a couple days ago, our good friend Bob Buchanan from Bomac Enterprises and Sumner. He's out all the time screwing around down there around Point Defiance. And solid numbers. We even looked at the uh, the fish checker number down, numbers down there. Rock solid. Uh, limits coming out of the boathouse. 
Um, not as easy to catch them down there in the South Sound. They get a little wonky that, you know, you kind of got to cover a lot of fish. You got to hit a lot of fish to get your fish down there, but there's plenty of fish around. And this is going to switch over to the river systems here pretty quick. In Soon. fact, it already has on yes. Skagit. Yes. Skagit reopens today. Mm-hmm. It was closed down because, you know, frankly, guys were targeting Chinook up there. There's a bunch of kings in the Skagit. And uh, so they, they eliminated the bait from the Skagit. No bait and scent up there. Uh, but they reopened the river up there, and there's a lot of coho in the Skagit right now. And when the Skagit sees a September run, I got it up there for years. When it sees this many coho in September, it's going to go off all the way into Thanksgiving, probably early December up there. Uh, as long oh, as it we stays to, open. We used to catch them on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. I'm, I remember you know? getting limits yeah. in January it, it, yeah. up in that Rockport. One year it blew out, huge flood up there, and uh, man, the coho fishing was great right into the winter. But that, that's not going to happen this year, no. but uh, still, rock solid yeah. coho fishing. So that's the deal right now. Uh, on the sound, we got youth waterfowl hunt. We're finally ticking over into some hunting stuff here in the, you know, in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, today is, of course, the first duck hunt of the season with the with the kids hitting the field today. Uh, Six twenty-five shooting hours. We're we're well past that now. Hopefully, some birds are hitting the hitting the pond here for the kids. Um, we just wrapped up archery elk. We got muzzleloader elk coming up here October first to the seventh. High buck hunt runs through this weekend. Um, hot and dusty here. Yeah. Really hot, Ooh. dusty summer. It can be tough on that high hunt because it can be, you know, 70, 80, even north of that up in that high country uh, for that high hunt. Tough hunt, but still spectacular country. Joe, you and I have done that a bunch over the years. And uh, whether you get one or not, it's just pretty spectacular to be up there on that high hunt. But that goes through this weekend. Uh, and then general deer, October 15th through the 25th. A lot so, of stuff to do. And then, yeah. and then the kids, you can take your kids to the east side October 1st mm-hmm. and, and do the waterfowl thing over there for the kiddos. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the hot and dusty, it's tough for those high mountain blacktail. Oh. They, they just don't move. They don't move. You know? It's first thing in the morning. You got about 45 minutes and yeah. then right before dark. And then the rest of the day, you might as well pick blueberries and hang out, maybe shoot some grouse. You know, and those bucks grow. live in such a small little area, they dude, and they don't really have to get up and move a no, lot. Everybody, and I mean everybody in Western Washington, has a neighborhood buck. We saw one at Starbucks a couple years ago. I mean, and we'd been stomping around the woods for for a couple of days, and you and I get the you and I go get our cup of coffee, and here's a freaking two by three that runs through the parking lot at Starbucks. Oh, for sure, they, they just absolutely drive you and nuts. And these but, are these these West Side Blacktails that live in the bushes. Yeah, they and that's where they live. They're they live like, in the bushes right between two houses. They do, yeah. and nobody like they see them every once yeah. in a while. Yeah. We we yeah. have them in our neighborhood. What are, what are those brown little pellets right and there? Hmm. I, yeah. Here's when I see them the most. It's like mid July. When their antlers are just yes. starting to get kind yeah. of kind of mature, you know, they're not quite yeah. fully grown yet, but they don't really want to be in the brush because their antlers are they're soft. They're really sensitive, yeah. yeah. So, they'll so, be out so the then open. they're out, and then yep. you see them, and it'll be like maybe two weeks, you'll see them around, and then boom, yeah, they're, they're gone, and I don't see them all year. Well, they're in the timber. They're still there. Yeah, they're but they're, they're there. in the timber, and they're extremely nocturnal. In fact, yeah. we're going to get Scott Haugen on uh, yeah. from from Oregon. I, He's just a. I mean, a, I'm just you know. You mentioned youth waterfowl. You know, we had the youth pheasant hunt. We got the 65 pheasant hunt. But today's Woosters for the west of us. We can we can go hit the go hit the release oh, that's sites. Right. The release man. sites Come open on. today. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So that's and and if your uncle Ron would just take it easy on these things, he's been out every day. Yeah, Ron erratic. and Ray have been out there putting the herd. Yeah. On. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, his, the crazy they, thing they is, these birds they, are really They treat good it like eating. a job. Dude. They do, man. <laughs> well, I know it's, it's Worcester or Wadication. Wasn't it an uncle Ray that was like, oh yeah, man? And then the, and then pheasant season's coming up, and I got to go do that for three months. <laughs> yeah, so like, it's not a job, dude. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> everything is like a job to him. He's like, you know, it's Chinook season. I got to be up there fishing Chinook, and then then I got yeah. No, I love those guys. But anyway, Scott Haugen's going to jump on right after the top of the hour here to talk about hunting these west side blacktails because there's a trick to it and if you see them in the neighborhood you can bet they're out here on this public ground but there's a trick to finding them out there there's a lot of blacktails here but man they're hard to get and he's going to give you some pointers on that right off the top of the hour also uh we had 56 days of razor clams razor clam dig scheduled for the coast that just got postponed uh, we got elevated toxin levels out on the coast here uh, again, talking about a couple days ago, he's been in touch with the state. They think these these toxin levels will hopefully fall off. We had some really hot weather that kind of increased those toxin levels on the coast. Ho- hopefully that'll fall off here and we'll get some openings here coming up pretty quick. But keep your eye on that. Tuna fishing out of Westport, still just white hot. Um, yeah. A crazy tuna fishing off the coast right now. And uh, text toy lit up a little bit here. 866-979-3776, powered by Yamaha Outboards. Are you guys finding much bait in the stomachs of the silvers? Hardly any bait in the fish we were catching. What have we been yeah. seeing, Joey? Well, we, I just responded to we, that guy. Yeah. We've been seeing these here, filthy but... coho eating our Chinook. They yeah. are. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then the other day I found um, st- it was full of sticklebacks, and it had this big stickleback. I'm like, I feel in there, and I'm like, ow, poked me. And the, the spines are just sticking right through the thing's stomach. And it was plugged. Three spine stickleback. And mm. yeah, I saw it with my own eyes. I would not and have believed it. it was plugged with so, sticklebacks. So he was by wow. a river mouth because that's, you know, sticklebacks, mm. they can live in fresh and salt too. They're, they're among the 1% of species of fish on the entire planet, including salmon, that could do the freshwater saltwater thing, right? I am not so, seeing a lot of herring. No. A lot. You know, we saw a little bit of uh, brine shrimp that right. day that we were out there and, and they were all over the place. But yeah, not seeing a lot of stuff in their bellies. But, but a you, lot of these coho have been around for a while. They have been. And we're even seeing some of the bigger ones are starting to get that little bit of color change to them. Their so, scales are getting set. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's a good point. I, with all the bait around and we're seeing bait. We, we, we ended up in the middle of a school of bait yesterday in a sunny morning, flat calm, and it sounded like it was raining. But we couldn't get them to Herring. go. Yes, Herring. just everywhere, yes. Hopping, everywhere, hopping yeah, all that's, sure. what, that's what's been going on out there, like yellow through red and even green label herring yeah. out in the sound, uh, which is why your kidney sinkers with either a hole or cut plug herring. I mean, obviously it's great to have downriggers, but you can go out there and catch yeah. these fish, especially out of Port Angeles right now. You can just rope them on herring. Well, we saw Kyle, downriggers. We saw Kyle um, when a. Justin Wong's sure. yeah. charter captains. Yeah, yeah. He was out there yesterday. And On the moose. They're just oh, they're mooching them up, man. Yeah. And then that's, yeah. I mean, that is so much. That so is a lot of fun. It's yeah. peaceful. And yeah. they're biting uh, on the drop. Those guys yeah. are dropping and getting bit on the drop and reeling it. That's that's about as fun as it gets, It man. is for sure, man. Uh, don't forget about the Columbia River. We pulled up all the dam counts here a little bit ago before the show started. The Columbia River, the Chinook are pouring in there right now. And there's a massive coho out in the ocean out in front of the mouth of the Columbia right now that has yet to push in. But guys are getting them tuna fishing. They're catching cohos out there, trolling seven, eight miles an hour off the coast, tuna fishing out in the Tells blue you water. Tells there's a lot of coho out there's there. There's a bunch of fish yet to come. And, and a lot of those fish are going to end up in the Cowlitz River, too, down on the lower end. Uh, guys like Todd Daniels, a couple other buddies, are just waiting for that, that <laughs> wave to push in there. But the, the Chinook count 
counts. Go look at the dam counts. Jump yeah. online, and you can see the, the just that massive Chinook pushing up the Columbia. Uh, Hanford's going to go off here. We pulled up McNary counts, Priest Rapids. You can just watch this run materialize right up the Columbia. 866-979-3776 from the 360. Welcome home, Robbo. And, and actually, somebody was at Samford Soldiers. Oh, it's Mike May. Oh, good, uh, good to finally some hunting on the show. But then he chimed in four of his six keepers from last week came on the shotgun rod. And we said it earlier in the show, we're just absolutely not even kidding you. You need to run a cut plug back behind the boat on a light sinker, way back behind the boat, in addition to your downriggers. And you will just absolutely be surprised how often that thing gets blown. I've heard that rod called three different things. The boat rod, yeah, the shotgun rod, and, and the and whiskey, whiskey rod. Pole. The whiskey pole. Why whiskey. is it called the whiskey pole? Because, uh, no, you know. No, don't. Careful now, <laughs> yeah. Nelly. Careful, careful. I teed that one up. For yeah, you, you, you would just go right yeah, down there. I was going to go down, down, down the one, rabbit but, hole. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know why it is. Yeah. Hey, all right, so text us up. Why is that middle mm-hmm. rod out the back called the whiskey pole? Well, I've heard it called I always the, wondered that. the sneaker, the sneaker the sne- rod, yeah. too. The sneaker yeah. rod. Well, yeah. The, yeah, the sneaker. I usually keep it low. Like, yeah, keep it low. They won't see this no, one. So, so my, I know, my, I know I my grandfather has passed, so he can't be mm, okay. um, called, so, called on the carpet for this. So when I was a kid, we would be fishing you know, around Deception Pass there. And back then, you're just running oh, yeah. leads and cut plug herring. And uh, every once in a while, Grandpa would sneak another one yep, out the back. Yep. He's sitting back there running the kicker, and he would just lay the rod tip <laughs> on the floor, yep. and the line would just be going out the back, the sneaker rod. That's And, and so <laughs> my dad was the absolute – he had a Ph.D. level in sneaking an extra <laughs> rod out, dude. I'm not, my dad was famous for that stuff. And, and that's, he, that he would always, absolutely, yeah. dude. Okay. And so he'd, and now we, we know. He'd, he'd lay it right along the gunnel. And just like you say, Joey, just the line would be going overboard. But don't think, don't think that our, our law enforcement, our, our wildlife officers don't, don't aren't, oh, aren't, aren't, hip, yeah. aren't hip to that. Now, fortunately, now we have a two rod endorsement. You don't, you don't, you don't have to play with such shenanigans. But, uh, my father's boat on the Skagit was known as the porcupine because he had rods sticking out every, <laughs> Bacon, grease, oh, bacon, goodness, smoke dude. coming out the top of that thing. And, oh, yes. The coho. <laughs> yes, the coho. Yeah, the F-E coho. Amen. No oh, question about it. Uh, so, so, yeah, So, but again, today's Derby Day. Make sure your stuff's running straight. There's no question about it. But but uh, don't, please do not overlook Area 9. And and it's frustrating that Area Eight's closed. I think the Derby tickets are somewhat, uh, Derby sit, ticket sales are somewhat depressed because the Snohomish isn't open. There's mm-hmm. a lot of guys. And, and, and. For years, the winner of this event, you know, the Snohomish lot, always puts out big coho. It's it's going to be win place or show. It, yeah. it just really does because some of those bigger coho are going to sneak up the creek. But we know there's good numbers in the Snohomish. We know there's good numbers in the Stilly. We know there's good numbers in the Skagit. As far as the North End, I know some of those South End rivers are starting to get it too. But this fishery will absolutely fundamentally change as soon as it starts raining. And if you look in the long range forecast, we're looking in the middle of next week for that to happen. And I, is it how much rain is it going to take? I mean, it's going to take a lot of rain. I think, right? Because the ground a, it's going to soaks a, up the first, literally it's going to take the first a goalie washer to get these things couple to move. inches, and then you get all the leaves coming down. So it yeah. depends on when that rain hits. But uh, we we need some significant rain to get this <laughs> and, thing moving. And that's that's interesting because you kind of made me hip the first my, my the first time I ever heard anybody use the term first flush was something you told me about, and it's and and it's a it's a blessing and a curse to our coho because. The coho are, are are in our streams when we get our first rains and we get toxic runoff from a lot of our roads that fundamentally that, that profoundly affect some of our coho. 
And that's because, again, like you say, it has not rained. You get this rubber stuff build up, you know, on the highways and everything else. Brake dust, all yeah. that stuff. Bingo. Yeah. yeah. And then and then yeah. it comes washing down a creek. So that's that's kind of a good thing and kind of a bad thing. You know, it's good to get the rain. It's bad that they're so affected from it. So if you look at the long range, we're, we're looking at Thursday, but boy, not much. No. I, I mean, a, 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 not even a tenth of an inch, right? So yeah, we've and had there's no- a couple days there where it's going to rain, but it just just not going to accumulate a, water, a lot of water. Monday, 80, 80 degrees and sunny in town. Tuesday, seventy eight. Couple great days for the Cold Derby though. Seventy and seventy five. That's absolutely. We need perfect. some snow in the high country. That's all I know. Yeah. We need we yeah. we need some snow up high. We're you know we're kind of getting into hunting season here, so it's time well, to start kind of looking that direction and like you know let's get some snow going here. Yeah, let's, let's get, get some let's weather. Get these temperatures down a little bit. It's, I'm sick of summer. I know. Three weeks. I, I'm, I'm kind of well, listen. I never had a summer, so <laughs> you know. Just give me, <laughs> Rob, give me Rob, something. Rob showed up <laughs> today in shorts. Tom and I have transitioned to yeah, pants. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm over it. I've had shorts on five times since April. Yeah. Five, <laughs> count them. I mean, look at my white pasty chicken legs over here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited about hunting season here, and 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 I I, I don't think there's going to be as much participation because of fuel prices. I think people are going to be staying yeah. home. That's why this blacktail thing, folks, might get out and chase some of these blacktails. It's fun. I mean, you got to read all the signs. You kind of need to spend a lot of time out there to make it work. But it's fun, man. I, I, I mean, I love the heck out of it because you kind of hunt local, find yourself a nice, you know, briar patch out in the out in the dingleberries there, and yeah, go go get them. You and know? you can just you can hunt after work or you or you know just hunt the morning yep, and then yeah. you go home. You don't have mm-hmm. to be stuck out in don't the woods somewhere. Don't need to somewhere. go set up camp somewhere. And and <laughs> really pay attention to the changes in weather. Yeah, it, when we do get that little bit of rain. You know, the deer will come out. The deer yeah. will be out. Yeah, they like that. Yeah. They they like it just like we do. They want a little cool down. They want to be out. They get a little rain. They're going to be on the move. They'll be on the feed. So pay attention to those weather changes with these blacktails. I'm with you though, dude. I, I'm over it. Uh, you know, it's it's time it's time for fall. It really is, which is good because it is fall, and it's also great because our next guest, Scott Haugen, absolutely is 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 one of the most talented dialed in man and and teachers and communicators with regard to hunting. Absolutely. He's going to jump on after the break here and and, uh, and talk about this blacktail deal. I mean, he's killed them all up and down, all the way up into the San Juan Islands and all over the place here. And basically, he's traveled the world, written countless books, articles, et cetera, on the topic. And uh, just a great guy, too. And, and and a lot better at explaining it, maybe, than we are. So yeah, definitely stay tuned for Scott after the break here. He's a, he's a great dude, man. I, I talk to Scott a lot now. I was yeah. lucky enough to, to go spend some time with him last year fishing and, and doing a little goose hunting. And uh, wealth and knowledge, man. I I just sit on the phone with him, and and he's once you get to know him, man. He's just got so much info, and and uh, the he's blacktail hunt- thing. He's a great blacktail hunter, and I hate it. Well, I hate blacktail hunting. <laughs> But you, because you can't see yeah. for miles and miles and miles. Like yeah. we like climbing up on a perch and sitting up there and glassing for miles all over. Because Joe, you and I have great eyes and we can spot them two, three, four miles away. Sometimes these things, no, you're right in their kitchen. You're, you're yeah. in the brush. You got to control your wind. It's like hunting whitetails, yeah. you know, uh, somewhere in the Midwest or something. You've got to control everything. You've got to creep along silently. If you do post up somewhere. Man, you got to watch your wind. You got to watch everything, and they might circle around. They're like whitetails. If they wind you, they'll yes, circle around they behind you yeah. and see what you are. Yep. And they're fun. They're a lot of fun to hunt. And, and and Scott Haugen may be one of the most accomplished hunters that we'll ever have on the show. I mean, he's African safari and everything else. Yeah. So stay tuned for this. You're going to want to hear this. Scott Haugen joining us right after the break here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, and the Seattle Sports app.